I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Behind the Racket pod, the podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... Second time we've recorded uh, at my place of residence. The first time, however, I had the COVID. It's December. I was also frozen. <laughs> so we recorded outside. Uh, you did not catch the COVID from me. No. Thankfully. Um, but uh, yeah, so this one's a little bit better. We've got two cats who are going to be joining us here time to time. Pig and Audrey. Uh, Pig famously known as Sewer Cat. Graham. They will interrupt. I think Pig will definitely be uh, the one who interrupts from yeah. time to time. Uh, you are in Tulsa. Um, yeah. we, we won't talk about why, no. Um, no but you're, you're here in Tulsa, <laughs> and that's very nice. You, you got to play Kirby and the Forgotten Land yesterday with, with my daughter. Um, it was exhausting. It, it looked exhausting. I mean, you That beat, last level, yeah. that was near right arm, right forearm mm. cramp in yes. that one. Yeah. I'm not sure how a nine... Well, She's seven. Seven, yeah. yeah. That was interesting. How a seven-year-old is meant to play that. Yeah. Because I put it all out there. You did. <laughs> there was sweat. And every three minutes, you're like, oh, I forgot about this level. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah. Yep, you got one more in you. It's a, it's a fun game. Yeah. Uh, you can play cooperative. So it's been really, uh, for, for my daughter and I to actually have a little fun game to play together. So I bought some some more at the GameStop uh, the other day with, with you. We saw the new uh, tennis video game that's <laughs> going to be did. coming out in July that looks horrendous. Yeah, that is some of the worst graphics I have seen. Plus form, you know, they're not doing, uh, what do they call those, 
black ball suits or whatever, like the NBA 2K is doing. No, I don't. Oh, the ones that they wear. I'm so sorry. they get I thought you emotion. were being racist. Sorry. Oh no. Why? Well, I, I, I thought that was really just a little bit awkward. No, comfortable for yeah, everybody. I, <laughs> <laughs> just fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it. Uh, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't look like Taylor knows how to hit a forehand, which right. he does pretty damn well. Yeah. It, and on top of it, <laughs> I I think about where we are in terms of graphics. Yeah. This looks like it was four or five years ago. Yeah. It feels like this tennis game actually is set in like 2015. Like it basically doesn't look like it. What were the, what was the one that was that you would see at airports from time to time with like Kafelnikov (laughs) or, and like random unreal surf. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it is true. And I don't even know who made the game, but curious what the, I mean, maybe there just wasn't a tennis game for that long, but uh, really do need a good tennis game. We do, but nobody wants to put money into tennis. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're here in the States. Yeah. There's a lot of money over in Europe. For the tennis, yeah, they really like it there. Yeah. Um, So the big, the big news uh, coming out of this week, of course, is the coaching situation that's going to be changing and adapting as of July 11th. Yeah. Right after Wimbledon, Um, we are engaged in a group chat. Myself, you. Have we spoken about this before? No. I don't even know if we've been open about this. Yeah. No. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about it specifically in regards to. We'll, we'll start here. Yeah. Uh, and if you haven't heard, coaching will be allowed for <laughs> ATP players from July 11th is right. basically what's what it's going to be done. Have you been coached in a professional tennis match? Illegally is what you're asking. Yes. Uh, yeah. By? Oh, I don't want to put that person on the oh, spot. On. I, every, I, every, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, Stan I, Boster for sure. Stan, I watched he's, Coach a oh, lot. Oh, no. Actually, during my matches, he's probably the most tame that I had really? out of all of them. He was more like, let's get the fuck together kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, sure. Um, I've definitely heard him say that. <laughs> but, uh, no, with with others, when I was with Simmons on the road for a while, stuff like that, like, you know, just like you know, move the forehand around. Like, just little quick things. I'm not... As you know, I don't love a lot going on. I already have a lot going on. Yeah. So the ones that were near and dear to me knew like, hey, let's just throw a couple things out there real quick. Yeah. But there are times, and I remember even from juniors where I'm like, you're like your students serving and you're having a full conversation. Sure. Like he's in the middle of his serve. So right. at, actually, which kind of goes into the argument, at that point in time, I thought it was almost a hindrance to their player mm-hmm. that it was almost too much. And I didn't mind it. I was like, if I'm seeing that there's an issue and I'm on the better end of that issue. Sure. So it's, I don't know what provoked this last ditch effort to say, Hey, we're just going to let Stefano this go. Sitsipas. Is that what it is yeah. for sure? Yes. But what, okay. What's the reason behind it? Because then? it's constant because it's constant. Yeah. And they just don't want to deal with. Correct. Let's just try to, it out and see. Doesn't seem like it's causing any real issues on the WTA side at all. Right. Yeah. Just give it a shot. Uh, see what Stefano happens. seems to be at the forefront of a lot of... Yes, he really does. Bathroom. You know, bathroom uh, change. The things that don't actually matter in, in life, <laughs> right. really. But they call it... The bathroom one, they call like the sissy pass rule at yes. this point. When I played the challenger, like, yeah, you know, sissy pass. And I was like, so I can't go to the bathroom? Right. He's like, no, you can, but somebody will be sitting on top of you if you have to yes. go. Uh, and yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be, we probably should call it the Sitsipas rule here as well, but I yeah. mean, it's, 
it happens all the time. As, as most people know, when I'm at a challenger, I'm pretty much, God, in Orlando, literally there were coaches sitting within a foot of me. Right. Literally. So, yeah, I mean, I know that it happens all the time. Um, I, I made the argument on online, and I'm not alone in making this argument, that it will help the rich get richer. And yeah. to your point of it being a hindrance for some, I think the I, the coach-pupil uh, relationship, if you will, is kind of important so yeah. that the coach knows exactly what they need and what they don't. But, again, we get to this point where those that have coaches that are good coaches are mm-hmm. going to have certainly a distinct advantage because they have a separate set of eyes that might be able to see something that the player themselves will not. I guess it goes into the idea, and I understand trying to level the playing field because, believe me, I'm one of those that a coach is a luxury at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah. They already have the benefit of, th- of that coach for that mm, week. Sure. You know, it, it's there. So are we trying to level the playing field during the match? Fine. I get that. Um but the benefit is there. This is already a rich get richer sport. Sure. So are 100%. you saying, yeah, should we just let all hell break loose? And, you know, I don't know. You know, it's such a tough one for me because I'm pessimistic for a lot. Like, yeah. it's already, this is how tennis is. Why should I fight that situation? And, again, it happens already. You know, yeah. it's not like I'm stopping it as many times where, you know, I'm looking over and I don't have anybody in the, you know, I remember Donaldson, Charlottesville, our first mm. year. That was always one that came to my mind. He must have had six people with him. Yeah, it was with the dents at that point. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Dad, I think dad, dad was there. Dad was there. As well. Um, and I believe a physio of some sort yeah, at that time. I think there, you're was a, right. there was more than two or three people. Yes. And I had nobody with me. Right. It was Taylor and his dad, yes. Phil. Yes. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I'm just looking. And of course, this goes back to like the kind of the hindrance where like he was feeling uncomfortable. So he's telling him to talk more and yeah. go over to the bench. But, like, I already knew that he had this luxury of having this whole team for the past week. Yeah. There's nothing I could do at this point. Yeah, sure. So if if him saying calm down, hit a few extra forehands, it's going to make or break the match, then it's going to make or break the match. This is one that I'm a little iffy with, and it kind of goes to the idea that, you know, if there was noise going on in the background, we could play with it. Yeah. But since there's a rule that says we shouldn't, we can't play with it. Right. I think we kind of have to get to a point with certain things um, that we're at. But a uh, question for you on this. Yes. I think it might have been Roddick. You know, he's outspoken. Um, saying that it was one of the last differences in tennis compared to other sports. Yeah. How do you feel? I That's actually what I was going to get to next was the the – one of the things that I love so much about the sport is the problem-solving aspect. You, It is up to you. Obviously, the, the physical execution is one thing. The problem-solving of having a scouting report, realizing that maybe that's not working today, how do I solve something? Or if something physically for me today is not working, how do I solve that problem? I love that. You're just, you are adding just a second person who can help with that problem-solving it's again. It's not. It's not the end all be all by any means. Right. And again, I, other people have said it as well. It's not the biggest problem we have in the sport <laughs> no, by no, no. any means. It's just so funny they came out no with problem. it. No problem. And th- yeah, just that's it. No problem. <laughs> no. But like you know, the Couldn't domestic abuse right. oh, situation so is. It's yeah, I saw one of those tweets. Yeah, you know, yeah, right? Yeah. I have two, and it's like, oh my god, and it's true. It's true. And again, I love the timing. 
is just so peculiar yes. to me of like, yes. let's do it now. We're yeah. going to do it now. <laughs> I'm yes, like, okay. I, I agree. One last thing on that. Yeah. Um, that, you know, just thinking about now, talk about mental health. And we'll yeah. talk about, I had a poor match this past weekend until I was here for a future. Okay. Wasn't there mentally. Okay. Um, let's say I had somebody, could be any tournament, but let's say I had somebody to go up to and say, hey, man, like, I'm struggling. Yeah. I don't want to be out here right now. Yes. Even beyond that match, just taking a little bit away that island that you feel. Yeah. Is that beneficial in the long run to yeah, tennis players? Probably. But I, I don't know that this changes it because not saying well, yeah. ultimately like the 10 seconds you have yeah, or in between yeah. changeovers. If you have somebody there, regardless, you're going to at least have somebody there. So you're not going to feel alone. True. On, but on I think island. that interactiveness, sure. if like if we get to the point that this progresses yeah. and they're sitting at the bench, which is kind of what I wanted to do for BTR tour, if that ever yeah. came about, was the idea if they're, they're on the bench with you, mm -hmm. like Davis Cup. And if that came about, I think that feeling may change a little bit of helplessness. I, I, I do agree with that. But it also, again, all everything that we've spoken about a lot of times, it takes away, I don't want to say the 1%, but it takes away those times in tennis history that are amazing. And I mean, yes. we get that. Yes. But is that worth the other 99% yeah, yeah, yeah. of dealing with it. And that's, I think that's the argument we make for so many things yeah. and this will be the case, but we'll see. Uh, I, two things that yeah. pop into my head here um, and then we'll, we'll let you, you go. Um, number one, the, my favorite coaching violation of all time, uh, Peter Lukasen, okay. uh, who, who was accused of coaching a uh, tennis Sandgren, even though they, they were, we're not working, working together, together at all. <laughs> he said something along the lines of nice shot and the uh, a, a lines person thought she heard something more, went over and talked to Roger Pennington, legendary USTA pro circuit chair umpire, and a 10-minute discussion ensued about whether somebody who's not a coach can be coaching in the midst of a... It was fantastic stuff. And it ended with... Got a coaching violation. Just oh, the of warning. Course. Why? Why not? Just the warning, but not too bad. Uh, and then to your idea of the hindrance. Yes. Uh, this is a personal one, and, and is is frankly one of the worst things that's ever happened to me uh, in terms of my my family. Uh, I was when I was I think I was sixteen, seventeen, playing a match, and I was I was playing well, but I'm still losing to okay. a player who was well ahead of where I was in right. terms of my caliber. Uh, I I would I lost a couple points. Is getting to that point where it's like five three in the second, something like that. And and my mom, bless her heart, was saying something along the lines of, "Come on, you can do it, you can do it, All right. you can do it." You know, again that idea of like trying just to coach and like <laughs> the hindrance part, right? So I'm just like, I'm doing the best I can. And I said, <laughs> I said, I told my mom to shut the fuck up. Mm. I told my mom to shut the fuck up. Yeah. It was that, I hit that You're point. Right, you hit that, yeah, like the breaking point. Everything board. came yep. together, right? And it was clear that it was, and, <laughs> and I like immediately, I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, what did I just do? Like, yeah, it all came rushing. Like, yeah, yeah. All right, 6-3, let's get, <laughs> let's let's get, get, let's get out of here. And, and <laughs> my dad is not the guy, uh, is not a confrontational guy, doesn't get mad very often. Uh, and, and my parents divorced right. for a yeah. long period of time before that <laughs> the only thing they and agreed upon <laughs> my mom my mom had had stopped talking uh, obviously after what happened and my dad just comes over to me as soon as i come off the court and he said don't you ever 
talk to your mother like that again. And it was just, it like just cut. fear. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah it was yeah, just yeah. like, I knew it was coming. Right. It was well-deserved and it's still like, it's been like 84 years. It still hurts right in here. Mm. Uh, but yeah, a hindrance. That's, it's an interesting point because yeah, sometimes when you are in the heat of battle, Oh yeah. Those words. That was my even, father at the time too. Really? He was so emotional and, yeah. and there was, he cared so much. Yes. And, and he was moving, and, and there were times where I waved him. I would never, well, I don't even know what would have happened yeah. if I said shut the fuck up, but I waved him and my coach Lawrence at the time off. Oh, I, I yeah. Oh, well, to, even that. I mean, this week. Yeah. I was I was there with you in yeah, Tulsa, yeah. and I was I was trying to do my best of uh, being encouraging. It wasn't good. very fucking good. I mean... I, you're playing also against a University of Illinois student athlete, <laughs> and that was that was tough for me as well. But I, I was trying to be as encouraging as yes. possible. How do you how do you balance that when you do hear it from people you love, care about, and they care about you? I'm gonna be honest; it hasn't worked very well for me. Really, um, an outside coach has been okay, hmm. has worked fine. But when they're so close, when I've gone past a certain level of comfort, yeah. it has not worked very well, which is actually interesting. Um, yeah, because my father, my whole life, yeah, yeah. Lawrence was 10 years. Um, yeah, I was good with Phil. I was good with Stan. He's probably scared of Stan a little bit too. Yeah. Who isn't, right? Yes. Um, so I think it was once I got past that comfort point where yeah. I felt like I could do it, it a, it wasn't motivating me, and then B, it was kind of pissing me off. So it's been funny over. But last small story, Orange Bowl 16s, I think that's University of Miami, if I'm not mistaken, okay. or is that 14s? Okay. Um, coaching violation. I said, uh, to who? <laughs> to me. Okay, interesting. Well, I was with my mom my grandparents. Okay. Natalie will love this story. Yeah. Um, I'm a little flustered here. And I said, can you show me who you're referring to? Yeah. Because not many people in my family, and Natalie, bless her heart, watches so much tennis now. Yeah. She did not at the time. Got it. Melanie knew. You know, she knew tennis, but yeah. she wasn't coaching me through. Sure. She would never. Um, <laughs> he gets down from his chair and goes and points to my grandmother's, one of her closest friends. Oh, wow. And says, okay. heard it from her. This woman has never seen a tennis racket yeah. in her entire life. Yeah. To this day, we call her Coach Andy because of this situation. <laughs> and I just think some of those situations don't yeah. have to happen. It right. just doesn't have to be on the chair's radar. That's the that's And the that point. might be the end result. Ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, that's the point I think that will be most beneficial of this is it's, again, one less thing that has to be worried about during a match. We can focus, just play, coach, whatever. It's yeah. done move forward next topic yes Wimbledon. okay i'm not gonna go into it's just good transition right there yeah smooth right i don't want to go into like the basics yeah um i want to know how you feel about equalizing surfaces and if that's affecting tennis and taking away, I feel like something is not spoken about, but it highly affects the game today. The fact that everything's so slow. Slowing yes. grass down, slowing hard courts down, yes. almost at times speeding clay courts up in some yes. ways. Is that equalization taking away the beauty of the surfaces? Um, I think you could make an argument, at least on the men's side, that obviously it is 
provided with three of the greatest champions of all time because of the fact that, you know, Rafa getting to play Wimbledon uh, because of the fact that it is slowed down. Mm -hmm. U.S. Open being slowed down allows him more opportunities there. I I think you could certainly make that argument. I, I... there's there's two points to it, right? Like my personal opinion is that I think we need more diversity in terms of court speeds. Mm-hmm. I think I, I love that and how you again going back to that idea of the problem solving, yeah. how you adapt and how you change right. from week to week. I you think play on a carpet and you're like, right. what do we got to do yeah, here? Yeah. Exactly. I I love that aspect. Of it's it. great for your job too. Yeah, it makes it so interesting. Yeah, right? it's different tennis every week. Yes. Yeah, but yeah, I I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, there's something to be said for a little bit more normality to from week to week for players that being said we're also not doing anything like you know the ball changes are so different and and that's such a pain and right the, what's the the viewpoints right behind i, I don't know i know it's I, it's funny the things that i think should stay the same will never stay the same yeah in terms of stringing balls Correct. all should be the same all should be the same but then in terms of surfaces, I think once the balls are the same and everything else is constant, let that be the one variable. Yeah. I, I Did you hear from anybody in, in terms of this week qualifying how Roehampton was playing? Even slower. Really? Even slower. I mean... That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. So I didn't really... I was pretty out of it uh, last year. Yeah. But you know when I qualified, it, that, I, I just didn't even understand what was 2019, happening. 2019. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I was even further ago and then 2020 was similar but i heard even this year well, 2020 they didn't have anything i don't know if you remember but it was during oh, so it was covid tr- that is true <laughs> so 2021 so it was yeah. 2019 and then 2021 that's yeah. what happened gotcha so then it was 2021 that i heard similar yeah. and then this year it got even slower yeah slices are fine they still kind of go through but you yeah. hit like pretty good top spin forehand yes and it just hits the ground and goes straight up and yes. it's Shocking. Well, look, let's let's talk about who's at top of the game on both the men's and the women's side. Yeah. Specifically, Rafa looking at a slam. Slow right. it down for him. Iga. She, yes, she was a junior uh, Grand Slam champion there, just like you, um, and a random coach who was here in Tulsa this week as well. Um, but but she has always talked about how she's not comfortable on the grass. Right. Slow it down. And now, yeah, I mean, you're having more and more slow surfaces top to bottom, and I... I I, I enjoyed last year in Orlando mm. when we had the challenger there because it was so lightning fast. Yeah. And so you just saw some players just getting so frustrated and right. other ones are just loving the speed. Like Nico Mejia, just out of nowhere, he's just like, I love it here. He was so excited to be right. playing on that kind of court. I, I, think, I think there's something to be said for that, those storylines about how players have to adjust. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I was almost disappointed and I, had, I was fortunate enough to qualify and even on site felt slower than Northampton mm-hmm. um at that point because it wasn't as being yeah. up but I don't know I'm not I'm not sold on the direction that we're going in and I, I heard about Indian Wells this year mm-hmm. and they said it was the slowest they've ever yes. played on in terms of any court yes hard court wise so why yes why are we doing it um Agreed. I don't know I think at a certain pace I think and Indian Wells has gone beyond this it doesn't make the game look that pretty uh, uh, uh this okay. year this year there was a brand new stadium everything got resurfaced and obviously brand new court as yeah. well yeah it was extraordinarily slow and that's mm. why night number one yeah. you had the latest night of tennis ever because of the fact you had three straight three plus hour matches and right. there is 
a very distinct correlation because of the fact that the court was incredibly slow. Now, you can also argue they got Rafa there. Right. Why do you think he came there? You know why. You, yeah. you know why the court is what it is. So, I mean, there's, right. it's, it's, there's something to be said for that because the crowd was there every single night, right. absolutely packed. Right, so you can't argue that, you know, people don't want to watch that because they had packed stadiums yes. there. But do we need every tournament to be that slow? Yes. Or TV, I don't know. So I'm going to miss um, the, the Russians being there. Um, you know, and he just got uh, Medvedev. Lost today. So as Bautista, we're recording that, this, that yeah. ends his, his grass, grass season. Court. I mean, I, I remember listening to him at French, which is not how you know number one player in the world should speak. But this is Medvedev. Yeah, you know, basically saying, "I'm here playing clay. Whatever happens, happens. Yeah. I can't wait for the grass." Right. And I remember that so clearly, almost not revolving his season because he loves the summer swing, but revolving his season around the grass and really making a push. Yes. I mean. <laughs> It, it could change a career path. It really Correct. does. We know how quickly careers can change in that time. Who, we don't know what Wimbledon looks like. Who knows who breaks through? What yes. does that look like after? Yes. And what does it mean? And, Other and, than they make a lot of money. Right, right. And, what, and also, what does this mean? I'm curious how Medvedev rebounds into the hardcore swing. Is he more motivated than ever to mm -hmm. say shut the fuck up to everybody, which right. he loves doing? Or is he like kind of deterred and be like, this is yeah. just a pain in the ass right now? Right. Sabalenka on the women's yeah. side. I mean, I, there, there are a lot of interesting storylines specifically to that tournament, this swing, that we're not going to get, and that's disappointing. I do understand why. I don't know. I, I find it kind of be a mixed bag. I don't know. I, I, I Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I think I'm fine with either choice that Wimbledon would have made. But it still doesn't make me happy either Right, way. there's no, there's there no was win. really no great win for it. Yes. Um, because if imagine if Medvedev wins the U.S. Open again. Right. What Putin's going to do with that win. Yeah, it's you difficult. Know, that's I think awful. the only one that I was looking towards, I don't even want to go back into this, was let them keep the points from last year and see where that played out and then let the people yes. play to this year. But a uh, question for you on this one was motivation factor. Mm. I tweeted out a little bit and got mixed motions and, and responses. Um, what level? I think it's it's going to be funny. I think there's an intermediate level, but where does the prize money not bother, you know, to push that extra yeah, distance? Yeah. What ranking point? Like, I, I, I think we're going to see qualifiers, guys that are 80 to 100, making that extra push hmm. because... You might see a guy that's 30 that's maybe not gunning for the slam. That's you know, I, I, always, I was curious where. Yeah, I, I kind of I found myself thinking about it more from the uh, players who are in the 50, 60 spot who maybe had made a third round mm -hmm. last year. And, and looking to quarter, looking, maybe. Yeah, because oh, oh, the idea of the defending points. Oh, OK. And, and, and that idea. Right? right. And it's just so there, there's no longer that pressure because there, there can't be. So um, where, which direction does that go in? Yeah, I, right. I have right. no idea. Right, because does the... Just a cash tournament. Right, and, and then that's where my question is, does the 100 grand make them put their body on the line? I, I don't know. I, you know yeah. I haven't been 50 in the world. I'm not 100% sure how much each guy is pulling in. Yeah. Is that extra 50K going to make the difference? That's why I think like a qualifier, that every dollar right now, and now the dollars are more than ever... Are they going to put it out there? Uh, qualifying did wrap up today, I believe. Yeah. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure that everybody who qualified was Australian. 
I think I think it ended up being like six total. Uh, it was pretty crazy, but uh, everybody like and Richard and Alexander Richard. We're happy for Swiss. him. Yeah, we're happy for him. Yes, we are. And I, I, Jason Kubler, I'm just going to put this out there because he actually, uh, when I talked to him in Little Rock, he on the flight from Little Rock to Orlando, downloaded and started listening to the podcast. Owes me a podcast. Mm been putting me off since april so when he quarters we're when getting quarters it. we're getting it damn it <laughs> flipping kubler congratulations though but <laughs> all right it's your show you run it you want to press a button or something yeah, no yeah i don't which, know how to work this yeah which this is tie people that's tie quiet house take that off i don't think he's mentally there i think it's fine okay, okay. The wanders to other things Um, curb, curb is a good way to, yeah, 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 I mean, what a transition. I don't think I want everything in my life. I want day to day to be transitioned with curb. I, I do too. I want Larry David to be in my life. Frankly. Yeah. Like at times. Yeah. Yeah. Not all the time. No, Cause I live much. my life already thinking about it. Yeah. Went to the ice cream. I was going to say parlor. Like I was in the 1920s. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was going to get ice cream. Um, I was just thinking if I should ask to sample vanilla ice cream. And I just remember wow. during the episode yes. and I was like, that would have been absolutely miraculous. And just, you know what vanilla tastes like. What, what did you, what did you, where'd you get ice cream here? It wasn't here. Uh, was no, 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 okay. no. It was in New York. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, Brahms, you're not, you don't want to. You know. <laughs> no. Um, this is so random. Yes. And we might have to take this out. But okay. it's something I was thinking about. Okay. I like talking about difficulties in tennis yes. and what makes them actually incredible in the end. We talk about individual sports and people like bringing up other sports. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were, when I was thinking about how I struggle at times finding that motivation, yeah. I went into just a joke of like, oh, how many tennis balls have I hit in my life? Mm. Does that compare to any other sport in terms of repetitions that you, like, I, 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 I picture baseball players, soccer players, when they get the opportunity. It must be so exciting because it's not few and far between, but it's seldom. I mean, like for a baseball player, you know, it's every how many players? I'm really bad at that. It's thirty man rosters. Okay, when you rotate, when you so you bat every rotate. <laughs> Is this bad? Am I? I, I you, you you get yeah, four Jeff. at bats a year. Okay. Excuse me, That's but it feels like a year. Uh, four advanced. Okay, per day. that's what I thought. Around three, four hundred and sixty-two games. Okay, you're probably playing one hundred and twenty-five to one hundred and thirty. But I'm just saying, four, in so terms of four, that one game, though, you get about four hundred fifty to five hundred at bats per year. You know, okay, so that's baseball with soccer. Yeah, I mean, you're probably seeing touches more often than not. Yes. But it doesn't. It's not an ongoing thing. And golf is a, is a similar. People love comparing it. Yes. Individual sport. You hit seventy-two shots a day. There you go. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. And and A, going on the side of like, if you play tennis, you're like psychotic to some extent to yes. get yourself in that frame of mind. But I don't think I really understood the difficulty of why some people like, when you say, I just can't hit another tennis ball. It's because we've hit a lot of fucking tennis balls. I think the best one that pops in my head yeah. is dribbling a basketball. Okay. Interesting. That's probably the one where I think in terms of contact with a piece of equipment. Yeah. Closer. Probably Definitely the closest, closest because you're dribbling so much. Right. And then I guess we have to 
think about how many times, 48 minute game, how many times are you touching a basketball as a player? I right. mean, you know, unless yeah. I just think there's, there's a lot. And I, I don't know really where I'm going with this, to yes. be honest. It was okay. more along the lines that this just came out recently. And, and I was talking, I was like, yeah, sometimes I just get tired of hitting a tennis ball. Mm. And people are like, oh, it feels so good. And I was like, I've been fortunate at a decent amount of clean tennis balls. Yeah. Not many, yes. but enough. Um, and there's really no way around it in this sport. Like when I was thinking about what I'm going to do this summer, yeah. I was like, I'm just going to hit a lot of tennis balls more uh, and more and more. So like in terms of like a different type of training to like, if you're, if you're a basketball player, you can do the fitness component. Uh, you can work on shot. You can work on dribbling, passing, whatever, yeah. you know, you have to hit tennis balls. There's yeah. really no way around it. I mean, you have the outliers of the Opelkas of the world and stuff like that, but it, it makes it impossible. Mm, I don't know if it makes it impossible. It makes it where you have to cross a certain boundary to get that you level. Have to, of, you have to mentally be right. There's a different sure level mentally than that. I don't think we've compared to other sports in it's, the past. It, it's fascinating because it goes to a conversation we had with a young man on Tuesday, you and I, um, a young Mr. Voss, and I can't, I, I don't know his first name, um, who was just so passionate. About, that's, he was just telling us how that's all he wants to do is just hit, just hit tennis balls. And he was so excited. He had made the final round of qualifying Matthew. here. Matthew, thank you. Um, it made the final round of qualifying here, which is the uh, first time he'd made the final round of qualifying at a 25 K. And in six years, in yeah. six years of playing, and I, I found myself. I've been thinking about that interaction quite a bit. It was a lot. I mean, it was after my loss, so I, I tried to be as political as possible. I was definitely yeah. a little down, but um, yeah, I mean, I'll veer off because I don't think I knew exactly where I was going to go with that. Yeah, especially coming back to equalizing surfaces actually comes back yeah. to that a bit. The style of play isn't that drastic anymore. The differences in style, the differences of in style of play from player to player, I think is coming down to if you're not at eight to 12 balls, a rally minimum. Like if you can't do that, like I feel yeah. like what, what, what are you doing? You're not competing at, the best level. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for the stylistic differences have been minimized right. immensely. I think that's absolutely correct. Because Matthew came out and said, I rely a lot of my servant forehand. Yes. That was that was the one thing because right. I asked him, you know, what makes you good? There are very few players. They do. There are very few players that are one-two punches. And one-two punches is very rarely a one-two punch anymore. Yes. It's just returners are too good at, you know, they're retrieving balls better than ever. So that one-two punch is now, I don't know, five-six punch if it's a great point, you know. Can I ask you about yes. your game specifically? Okay, I have memories uh, of your first initial run in Charlottesville, yeah. 2015, 16. 15. 15. I and I just remember thinking That's when our friendship started. But don't worry, you don't have to remember that. Yeah, well, it's, it feels like decades. <laughs> um, I remember distinctly thinking about how well you were able to go down the line from both corners well mm -hmm. and get through the court. Mm -hmm. um, how, how much do you think your game has changed since then or how much of that is 
court speed changes, things along those lines, because I know that has not been as easy for you to do of late. Yeah, I think I think there was a few transitions. At that point in time, I was playing kind of my junior style of tennis because mm-hmm. that was new to pro, yeah. and I was working. I was excited, moving well, feeling good. I think I had a few transitions from there, and I think in those five years or so, almost six, um, tennis changed a lot where certain tactics would be in that six to eight ball range of completing a point. And A, once I was getting up in the rankings, I didn't feel like I was hitting the ball at that point hard enough. Mm. And that's where things had to change. So I think tennis goes through, you know, history as, as, you know, repeats itself. And so you have to go the opposite direction. It's like, okay, well, now we got to a certain point where I can't hit harder than I'm hitting. Yeah. So now we have to look towards angles or we have to look towards other things. So I think it went in that motion where I got to a point where I was like, I have to hit harder, harder, harder. Okay, now it's not working. I'm missing. Now we have to restart. Get yeah, back to that yeah. beginning. Now let's see if we could push people off the court. Well, they're moving too well. So what can we find the intermediate? So I think for me, that was the biggest mental grind was the vast majority of players Fix is the wrong word, but evolved mm-hmm. mentally to say, I'm okay with being out here for 12 balls. Got it. Where that was good enough. I was running down balls. I was moving the ball well. But if I was out there for a decent amount, even at that level, challenger-wise, it was breaking guys down mm-hmm. fairly quickly. Yeah. Where I think even we're seeing at the college level now, too, where... It's not, you know, that's not enough anymore. And yeah. I think what we thought was enough is just not cutting it. And then that's, that was always, I think that's why everybody's looking for that 1%, you know, racket, string, yeah. should I fix this serve, new coach, because it's so tough because everybody's at this specific level. And I think court surface, everything is, yeah. is leading towards people kind of playing similar styles. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything else you need to throw in there? Really, it's just fucking hot here, man. I don't you love turn it. around and there's tornadoes in the sky, and then it's not a tornado, it's just lightning. <laughs> but it was there was no clouds in the sky like 10 minutes prior to it. You gotta understand that <laughs> when you have this type of heat and yeah. humidity, yeah. it causes things from the surface that to rise and yeah, resonates from your your body in particular. Or how does that work? Yeah, yeah well, yeah, yeah. I, obviously, the, the sweat from right my... that profusely drips mm, mm, so much. Ooh. Wow, that's exactly what people want to take with them from this podcast episode right. is specifically my sweat. Right. Well, I mean, it's good audio, at least this time. Well, not great. It's not great. It's fine. It's very difficult. I mean, hopefully sometimes. we won't get a bad Apple review, which I just searched for the first time in our <laughs> <laughs> two-year podcast. Won't happen again. Can you just stop being a whiny millennial? Yeah, well, I can't. You can't. Obviously, no, we know it's never that. Never going to stop. Uh, what's next for you? Um, we have new events on the schedule. Actually, we didn't really go into that. Yes. Um, Anne Hortman. I spoke to her. She was very excited to run her first men's challenger at Rome, Georgia. Oh, nice. So she had three sixty Ks. So it's nice. People are stepping up. Yes. I mean, I don't know. We didn't really go into this. We don't have to. This is definitely a longer podcast. But um, tournaments were canceled this summer. Yeah. And it's been difficult yes. for USCA, you know, privately funded events. We're sadly seeing Binghamton work so hard, couldn't do it this year. 
We had Aptos gone this year. What else am I missing? Anything? Uh, Winnetka didn't come back on the Winnetka schedule. didn't come back. Yeah. Um, so we had two that stepped up so far. We have Rome, Georgia, and Indianapolis. Yes. Two that have, in my recent history, have never had a challenger. So the, yeah, Rome, I know, has an Indianapolis. Right, a men's a, event. Yeah, yeah, they had a two. Yes, correct. Right. Uh, Indianapolis had the 250 for so many years, the RCA championships, mm -hmm. which is something that was near and dear to my heart. You um, old fuck. <clears throat> it's not that not it's only been you were 40 when you were attending it Stop. <laughs> that was his issue uh i think it ended 15 years ago now okay some, somewhere around maybe maybe even less than that okay maybe 12 years ago um but rajiv ram is behind this um one of the people behind this in indianapolis that's where he is from and i i think the the hope is to try and get to a point where at the very least we're having this challenger in Indianapolis on a regular basis, if not having it expand and be a, a larger event, maybe even to a 250 level. Yeah. And it's tough. It's tough for these people to get challenged. These are people, again, I have to state this, that love tennis. Correct. They absolutely love tennis. So anything that they can do is amazing. And I was speaking to Tulsa, obviously TU's grounds are beautiful. Right. Stunning. Yep. Um, it's they're almost too smart. They're like, yeah, you know, we've been asked to put on challengers and we're thinking about it. What do they get out of it? It's Correct. a lot, you know, it's a lot to, you know, they might have camps, they might have this, whatever it may be. So it's I, a lot of effort. I, I want to say this, uh, if, if I can, if I can make a plea towards the ATP mm. is to, I think the housing requirement. Help me, I'm poor. <laughs> <laughs> the housing requirement has been, so helpful for players. Right. Um, it, it, it's, it, it was absolutely the, the heart and the brain is in the right place in terms of the motivation of why you have a five-day housing requirement for players. It's great because it saves you guys as players money. Here in the States, it has become a hindrance. It has become a real issue because our, as everybody who's listening to this is in the States knows, hotel costs are absurd right now. Also... Housing opportunities in the U.S. are greater than some of these other That's challengers. Exactly right. It's more we, of we a, do have the yes. capability in a lot of these cities to put tennis players in great family housing. Right, um, and it, it is it would be worthwhile for the ATP to examine that. Look at how this is something that a lot of these tournaments can do, and maybe just tweak that rule a little bit to allow for more of that. Because I think again, it's. In a lot of different countries right now where you don't have to pay $200 per night per room, you're able to put on these challengers for a much lower cost. Right, right now in the States, you can't. And that is such a pain. Um, and I know there are so many people who have been trying to solve that problem. It's hard because that's yeah. just, it's flat out money. Yeah. Um, and so I, I would hope if, if anybody from the ATP is listening, that is, that is one thing that could just be simply tweaked much like we tweak the coaching rule <laughs> in, in the span of a, a heartbeat and just maybe tweak it so that we allow for more housing to be put on, not just hotel. We are in a really sad situation. I don't want to end this on a bad note, so we yeah. have to add one more okay, after this. Sure. We're in a sad situation where I do believe players would say I would rather have more opportunities mm. than the housing situation. I, I, I agree. Where that wasn't the case four years ago when we were talking Correct. about the situation. But now that tennis, you know, we don't say it, but tennis is in a tough place and yeah. dealing with COVID uh, repercussions that 
we have to make that decision. And I think players would take the opportunities right now. If you could say, hey, we could have six more events on the schedule, but you're going to have to pay your own way or any housing situation that they have, we say, of course, right now. I think you're right. I think think it's probably not uh, 100% unanimous on that. That I think a lot of people, especially the doubles, the doubles yeah. guys will want to take the housing. Right. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think right now we are, I think potentially in a growth period. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing more and more people playing to have professional events in more cities would be positive in that regard. So people can see that high level tennis on top of it. Uh, you know, more opportunities for players allows more points to be had. All of that is possible. And it's just, it's difficult that that's one rule that we haven't, tweaked to make it a little bit more accessible um how about we end with the fact that one of my cats right now is going nuts yeah um, zooms a little zoomy action yeah that's that's all how's your tennis game i haven't played since november good probably start getting all clean then i mean are you using prestige yeah that's the head just, prestige is just like i just that's exactly oh, the racket you shouldn't be using but it works for me i don't know if it does it works i hit it so clean on one side well, yeah, but I've got some clunkiness on the backhand wing. So it has nothing to do but with the racket. I, as soon as I change to that extreme western, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. just nice, heavy, good pattern. It was sit up on the grass, though. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, yeah sure. right, I right. Mean, but that's when your plan B, your serve and volley tactics come into play. Oh God, I was actually glorious. I mean, two handed backhand volley on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I would I would get low for that backhand volley. I could do some things wow. with it because I I use the, the two fists. Should try it sometime. You know who should try it? Christopher Eubanks. His volleys can definitely use some he some has, fixins. Oh boy, some uh, fixins. Some fixins like you get a Cracker Barrel. It's been nice having you here in Tulsa. I appreciate very much having you uh, spend time with my daughter. That yeah. was very kind. I, I appreciated the opportunity to get to spend time with you in the midst of a eight-hour heat delay yeah. uh, on Tuesday. So thank you for being here. I, I do appreciate it as your friend, and I want everybody to know that. So. That was very sweet of you. Yeah, you get one per year. <laughs> Take it. Okay. This is a special edition of the podcast. Um, Marnie, you are on a podcast right now. Oh, my gosh. Um, or yesterday, you spent time with Noah Rubin. Yes. What are your thoughts about Noah? He did pretty good at Kirby. Okay. What do you think about him? How does he look? Tall. He's tall? Yeah. Really? I think he's tall. I think he's a little fella. Oh, come on, he's, he's like a taller, a very tall Mary. A very tall Mary? Yeah, he's like a grown-up Mary. Because Mar- Mary is really tall. Like your friend Mary? Yes. He's like a grown-up Mary. Yes. Okay. And Mary is very tall. She's yes. taller than me. Okay. And I'm very tall. <laughs> right. I have no idea. You have nothing else? Okay, what else do you want to say to the people? Okay, I have no idea what's going on. Okay. Like, what is happening? What if we push this button? I have no idea what I'm doing here. Oh, come on! I want to press the buttons to see what they do. Okay. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah, that's Ty Kwiatkowski. He's a tennis player. Sounded like a witch. Yeah.
Okay, where are the crickets? Where, where are these crickets? Like, why are there crickets? I don't think he's mentally there. I think his mind kind of wanders to other things. You've okay. talked to him on the phone. That's Chris. Oh. You've talked to him on the phone. You remember him? Nope. Yeah, <laughs> not many people do. Okay. I'm going to tell a joke now. Okay. So, what do you get when you cross a monkey and a chicken? I don't know. Diarrhea. Anyone? (laughs) Say goodbye, Marnie. Okay. Goodbye. Oh, for crying out loud. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.